Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be with you this morning, and thank you for joining us. We're uh, thinking of having a good program today that will help us to get through some things that we have now, That some instruction that might be helpful to you, that will be helpful to you if you follow them. And so let's get right into it. Uh, I'm going to be talking about building the wall. And uh, you've heard that the wall fell down. Well, it has been broken down. And what I'm talking about when I'm talking about building a wall is that we need to have defenses against the enemy that would destroy us, would destroy our nation, would destroy our way of life. And so we we need to build up some resistance. We need to uh, put a difference between good and evil. When people refer to good as evil and evil as good, then we realize that the wall that will save our society has been broken down. And so we do have a wall that we used to have that is now broken down. That wall is the law, and that wall is God's grace and God's love that we have had. I'm talking about our nation, and I'm sure that if you're in another nation today, you know that there was a time in your nation when wickedness was not allowed to rule. But when wickedness rules, we know that the people mourn. And our nation is in mourning today. We like to talk about finance as our problem, but finance is only a symptom of our problem. We talk about moral degradation, and we say that that is our problem. Well, that is just an indication of the big problem. And we we can talk about many other things, about uh, maybe ten, teenage suicide or or maybe uh, you just can't uh, seem to get along as well as you used to in a number of different areas. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're wondering what this world's going to mount to and things like this. And so the first thing in, in building a wall that has been torn down, we have to get rid of a lot of the rubbish that has been left behind from that wall that has been torn down. And even before that, we need to get to the place where we realize that the wall has been torn down. So we're going through Nehemiah today, and we're going to see just what we need to do to build the wall. And we need to, first of all, realize that the wall has been broken down. If you're in a generation other than my generation, you may think, well, what wall are we talking about? And I tried to define that to you just now. But 
you know, the, the first thing was to realize the deplorable condition that we're in. And so some of Nehemiah's friends came to visit him. And we find this in Nehemiah chapter 1. And Nehemiah said, well, how is everything going over there with Israel? Because he was in Babylon, and he was the king's cupbearer. And so they told him, the wall is broken down, the gates are burned, the people are in a deplorable condition. It's really not a very good situation there. Now, Nehemiah had about everything that he needed. And he could have said, well, so what? I'm doing all right here. And how many people are saying, well, I'm not worried about the situation. I'm doing all right. My account, my bank account isn't dwindling too much. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, a pretty good position here. And, and so why should I worry about? It? Now, that's the attitude a lot of people take. Why worry about the people over there that are being depressed for Jesus' sake? They're even being murdered for Jesus' sake. Why worry about those? We're doing all right. We've got freedom here. And that is a very selfish attitude. And if Nehemiah had taken that attitude, we wouldn't have the book of Nehemiah, and we wouldn't have what happened as a result of Nehemiah not taking that kind of an attitude. If you're taking that attitude today, I want you to know that if we keep on like this, you won't have it as good as what you think you do now. And sometimes what we consider to be good is rather invasive. It's, it's, uh, it can get away from us pretty quick. And we can't keep on going as we are in our nation and in another, and a number of other nations. We just can't keep heading in the direction we're in. But Nehemiah did not take the attitude, sorry about that, friends. I'm doing all right. It's too bad you're not. And when we take that kind of a nonchalant attitude of too bad about you and we don't do anything about it, God holds us responsible. If we can do anything to Straighten up the mess that we're in today. If you don't think you're in a mess, then you're, you're in pretty bad shape, just to be honest with you. And I'm not uh, doing anything except that today. I'm going to be as honest as I can and as helpful as I can to get us to realize that there is a wall that's broken down and we need to rebuild it. And... You know, you can't break down a wall if it never was there. But this wall was there. There was a time in our nation, and no doubt in another, a lot of other nations, where that we had standards that we went by. We didn't have this idea of, um, I'm okay, you're okay. We realized that God had some things that were right and some things that were wrong, and we didn't go beyond those things. We stayed with that, and our nation in America here was considered the greatest nation in the world. And a lot of nations envy us, and they probably still do, for the things we have compared to what they have. But you know, when we 
have the wall that God wants us to have, when we take God at his word and we do what God wants us to do, then things are a lot better. And Jeremiah, I mean Nehemiah, get those guys mixed up sometimes. Do you do things like that? Um, but Nehemiah, when he heard that things were in such a bad shape over there in Israel, uh, he was about 600 miles from there. And so you would think, well, he's over there. The only thing they have is camels and and some horses and walking by foot. And so what could Nehemiah do even if he was concerned about it? And we, we might think the same thing. Well, I'm just one person. I can't do too much. What can I do with, with a situation like this? Well, the thing is, you may not be able to do everything, but you may be able to do something. As you're going to find out uh, today as we go through this program, that it isn't a matter of you doing everything. If you look at the situation and you throw up your hand and you say it's impossible, we're heading for ruin and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, that isn't the way it is. We can do something about it if we will. But we can't procrastinate. We've got to do it now if we're going to do it at all. We still have a window of opportunity that we can do something that will make a difference, that will bring our nation and will help others as well in their quest for the best. And that's what we got to have. We can't just settle for the leftovers or settle for the pig slop and this kind of a thing. We got to settle for the best. God wants us to have the best. He told his disciples to fear not, little children. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So uh, this is Howard Eugene Wright, and this is TalkZone.com. And this is Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. I'll get it pretty soon. So we're going for our first break. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Welcome back. We're back on again, and we're thankful that we're able to tell you something today that's going to really help you. And uh, seem to be a bit confused, but really I'm not. And life can be confusing if we just look at all the things around us. But there is help. There is hope. There's never a time when it's hopeless. And I want to tell you today that there is hope for our nation. There's hope for your nation, for your people, for your particular situation. There is a hope that God has for you. If we'll take it God's way, then it'll work out just fine. If we try to keep on going our way, then that'll be a different story, won't it? First of all, we found that uh, Nehemiah found out what the problem Before we can do anything, we got to realize that there is a problem, and we need to find out what that problem is. And really the problem is rather simple, and it's been a problem for a long time. 
And that is people left God out and they decide they do it themselves. And when we do that, we're uh, headed for ruin for sure because there's so many enemies and things around us that would hinder us that unless we have God's help, unless we have God's strength and grace and everything else, then things will unravel. And that's exactly what's happening right now while I'm sitting here talking to you. Things are unraveling. And uh, when they do that, they start falling apart. And things that used to be something that we could stand on to now, it's fell down. And that's the wall that we're talking about. And building the wall that God wants us to build will always work out right. So the first thing that Jeremiah did, I mean, Nehemiah did, when he heard that things were in bad shape, he started praying. Not only did he pray, he fasted and prayed. He got real burdened about it, got real concerned about it. Do you think that just happened? No. God began to talk to this person and raise him up. And God does raise people up to help us. And uh, usually it's not a lot of people. It's usually just a small group starts it out. And a lot of times it's just one. It's someone like a Moses or like a David or like a, Jer- a Nehemiah here. It's it's just uh, God moves on just a few people, and he did with Nehemiah. Nehemiah had everything going for him, but even though sometimes we have everything going for us, there can be a longing in our heart that this world just does not satisfy, regardless of how hard we try to put things into that place that God is the rightful place rightful person to be there and if we try to fill it with something else it feels pretty empty inside so Nehemiah realized that he needed to pray he didn't just pray any old prayer he he prayed with a, a real concern a real burden a real longing to see things change and he was willing to go God's way and if we're going to to start to build the wall that has been torn down, then we've got to do it God's way. And he began to pray, and he reminded God of what he had said back there to Moses in uh, verses 8 and 9 there, uh, first chapter of Nehemiah. And he says, now, we've seen it happen. We've did it, and as a result of us turning away from you, our, it's, things are in a deplorable condition today. And so he prays like that. And then he asks God to forgive him, forgive his sins. And so the next thing we need to do, if we're going to really get things the way that God wants them, we're going to have to come to God, humble ourselves before the Lord, and ask him to forgive us for being so unconcerned for being just allowing things to go the way they are and being content just to be in our corner and not worrying about the condition other people are in. And so he began to pray that way. And he began to ask God to have mercy on them and to forgive them and forgive him 
Uh, Nehemiah was a really good person. And you wonder sometimes that when people that are what we consider the best people, many times they're the first ones to end up on their face before God and asking God to forgive them of their sins and things. And we say, well, why is that? Well, when God begins to move on people's heart and God is is uh, close by us, we see this wonderful, holy God. We, we see every little flaw that there is in us, and we say, just like Isaiah did back there, oh, wretched man that I am. And I, I'm amongst wretched people, and I'm one myself. When we get in the presence of a holy God like that, and that's what we need today, today is to get close enough to God that we begin to see we're not doing it exactly the way it ought to be. And we need to make some changes if we're going to do this right. So that is what I want to, us to think about. Now, if we'll get in that kind of condition, God will always hear us. God is not way out there somewhere, unapproachable, that we can't reach him because he's not concerned about our little needs. After all, the angels are rejoicing and praising him all the time, and and uh, everything's going all right with God. God's not sick. He's not had a bad day. Is there? He's a... Uh, uh, not really needing us at all, but he's concerned about us, and he wants to do something for us if we're willing to let him do so. So there was a lot of situations that had to happen for Nehemiah to see the burden of his heart. Really, the prayer answered. And so he is praying, and he realizes that he that he has to take care of the king. He's he's king's cupbearer. So he goes in one day after praying for some time, and he's not in a very happy mood. And you know what I see in America and in other parts? We've lost our song. There used to be uh, people would sing as they worked, and, and uh, there was a song in people's hearts, but we seem to have lost it. And... It seems like that we have so much drudgery. We need to re- go back to the song. We need to go back to singing. But if we don't have anything to sing about, then naturally we're not going to sing. But there is, uh, we can sing again. America can rejoice again. So can your nation if you're having difficulty. But you're going to have to do it God's way. So here he is before the king. He's supposed to be happy. He's supposed to be, you know, you can't be sad in front of the king. And so here he is, and the king says, Nehemiah, there's something wrong with you. You you look pretty sad. What's going on here? And so Nehemiah was a bit on the, he was afraid to tell him what was really going on. But then he had a quick prayer. And when we come into difficult places, we need to pray to the Lord. Send a prayer up to the Lord. It doesn't have to be a, a canned prayer. It doesn't have to be one that's written out. Uh, just tell God your heart. And so he puts a, sends up a quick prayer to the Lord. 
and that's in the uh, second chapter, verse 4. And then he talks to the king. He said, well, king, why shouldn't I be sad? My people over there in Jerusalem are in a bad shape, and, and uh, I'm burdened about that. And then the king says, well, what should we do? See, uh, before that, uh, things had changed in the Babylonian kingdom. The Esther was uh, a girl that uh, became, she was a Jewish girl, and she became a uh, queen. She was the king's queen, or the king's wife. And so she's sitting by there as well, and she, uh, so he says, uh, this is the situation. And the king says, well, what, what do you want us to do? What should we do about it? And, and so he tells him, he says, uh, I want to go over there. I want you to give me some letters, and I want you to uh, give me some authority to go over there when I, when I go there. And so he gave him the letters, and he said, I need some materials. And the king said, you've got the materials. And, and the king gave him a guard so he could get over there all right. So what seemed to be impossible, uh, it just fell right into place. And when we're willing to make our steps what we can do, the things that seem to be impossible can be filled in. And when we look around at, at what we've got in our nation, and probably maybe in yours too, then we might say, oh, this is impossibility. And it is without God's help. But you see, God was helping Nehemiah because years before that, events took place that put the king on a friendly term with the Israelites, with the Jewish people, because he had a queen that was a wife that was uh, right there beside of him. He's sitting on the throne right beside of him, and she didn't have to say anything. So they go over there, and uh, it's time for me to take a break again. So my name is Howard Eugene Wright. You're listening to Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome back and thanks for staying with us and so now we want to get to the place that seeing how the wall is going to be rebuilt. We talked about how that we needed to realize the wall was broken down. And then we talked about how that God was raising up a man that would be able to help rebuild the wall. And that God does have his people that will help us to do this and Perhaps he wants to use me this morning to help you to realize that the wall is broken down. The, the, the wall that, that helped us as a nation to be the great nation that we were or the nation that we still are. And, uh, but there is things in our nation that are very troubling to a lot of people and we can just go ahead and get more burdened and depressed about 
or we can uh, listen to maybe some people that are talking to us today and are giving us some ways that we can get back to God and get get back to the life that we were that and uh, things be a lot better for us. But Jeremiah got all the things that he needed from the king. The king sent him. You know, when the king sends us, there's not very many people are going to complain about it. I mean, they're not, they might complain about it, but there's not very many people that can do anything about it. And anything they try to do is just a worthless activity. But we got to have the king on our side. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so Jesus is on our side. God is on our side. And if God be for us, what can really be against us? The, when God is for us, that's the victory. It's always victory when God is for us. So Jeremiah, I mean Nehemiah, keep on... It isn't Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a long time before that. This is Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah uh, heads off to Jerusalem to to see the wall, to see what he can do about it. The king made him the governor of Jerusalem. And so he has his letters of recommendation of... uh, you know, to show people over there that he's not just, a, he's got the backing of the king. And when we're willing to do God's way, we have the backing of the Lord Jesus. We have the backing of God. And with man, it may be impossible. With God, all things are possible. And when we get out of ourselves and and get out of the surrounding around us and and we begin to look beyond our strength and our energy, and we begin to look at the God that cares for us. Jesus cared so much for us that he died the most miserable death that we might have life and have eternal life. So when we're um, working with him and he's working with us, which it's more important that we're doing God's will than that God is doing our will. And if God did our will, we'd be in real trouble. So we need to see God's will done which is always that we would have love, joy, peace, all the fruit of the Spirit, the rivers of living water that I talk about. So Jeremiah, I don't know why I'm calling him Jeremiah, Nehemiah uh, is uh, on his way. He gets there, and when he gets to Jerusalem, he sees it is just exactly like it was told him. It's one thing to hear about it from a distance, but we need to get close enough to see what it's all about. You know, we can just sit out there and hear th- things, and but we need to get close enough to the situation that we can see that, yes, it's, it's that bad, all right, and really worse. And so he comes, he surveys the situation, he sees that it's a deplorable condition, just like, He was told, but he didn't throw his hands up. He didn't say, oh, no, I think I'll go back to Babylon. It's better off over there than here. There's nothing I can do about this mess. I'll just go back home. How many people today have done just that? They've seen the way that we have such a mess, but 
They said, there's nothing we can do about it. I think we'll just go back to my comfort zone. It can be very uncomfortable when we're trying to straighten up a mess that's bigger than we are, but it's not bigger than God is. And we need to understand that. So, and the other thing was, when he got there and gave the letters, the, the enemy really got riled up. When we start doing something for God, you can be assured that the enemy is going to get riled up. And it sure happened here. He, you know, they were very disappointed that someone was coming that was going to stand up for Israel. For 70 years, no one was standing up for them. And they were getting more used and abused by the moment. And here comes a person that they hadn't heard of or didn't know of. And, and all at once he shows up on the scene. And not only that, he has the king's okay on it. And so there wasn't a thing much they could do about it, but that, that didn't stop them. And, you know, like I've said, if God be for us, what can be against us? And so he he gets there. He looks the situation over. The enemy immediately kicks into action. And, you know, there this is happening. It's been happening in our nation and maybe in yours as well. The moment that we start doing something for God and we start calling sin, sin, we're accused of hate crimes, we're accused of this and the other, and uh, the war starts. The enemy isn't going to lay over and play dead, even though he knows we have full authority behind us. And the, we, he knows probably in the, that uh, he's a defeated foe, yet he's not going to surrender. The enemy will not surrender, and it didn't in this situation. And the enemy was named. The, you know, it's one thing to say, well, we've got an enemy. It's another thing to point out the enemy, to see what the enemy is. And uh, there are enemies today in our nation and in our world that are trying to bring us away from God, take us away from God. Take us away from his word to call the Bible trash, to want to throw it in the waste paper basket. Like I heard one situation in a school that the teacher took the the child's Bible and threw it in the waste paper and said it was trash. And there was Madame O'Hare back there that, that had written an article trashing the Bible. And so, you know, the, the Bible stands against the Bible is the wall, part of the wall, that no one's going to get through it or around it. You can try to trash it, but it won't trash. But, you know, they'll try. And there's still people today that love God and are standing by him and are not falling for the lies of the devil and the deceptions. And we're not uh, falling for... Uh, telling us just to keep quiet. We're not going to keep quiet. And so here he is. He's uh, got the enemy full. You know, it didn't take long for the enemy to kick into action. And it doesn't take long when you start doing something for God, for the devil to try to shut you up, try to stop you, try to ruin you even, and make you look like uh, something out of Mars and away from this world, and on and on it goes. But 
we've got to do the job that we need to do anyhow because we're in a bad situation here and we can't worry about the opposition that would would try to shut us up and and uh, what have you so they got there and the lord had been working things out all along because we find out that that um, i think i went over the line no i didn't I, i'm it seems as though today that that uh, i'm i'm being i'm being fought and uh, i'm you know it's interesting that that uh, a number of things happened yesterday and and i just barely made it getting the contract together and everything and and uh, it appears to me though as though i'm being fought by the enemy today i don't normally end up going Nehemiah, Jeremiah, and things like this. If you've been listening for a while, you know this is the truth. But this is, makes it even more important. If the enemy's fighting, then we know that we're on the right track. And uh, I know that I'm on the right track today. And so I don't care if the devil fights me or not. I don't care if the enemy wants to fight me or not. I'm still going to, to encourage you to to get in there and, and fight the good fight and with me and uh, it isn't an easy road to do any old dead fish can go downstream it takes a live fish to go upstream and uh, I'm not as young as I used to be but I still have the same heart for my country and not only for mine but for yours as well I want to see Jesus lifted up I want to see God's kingdom brought into this world, and and we are praying, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. But here we have these people that are fighting, and I'm being fought, no doubt, this morning for a very good reason. What I'm telling you today is can make the difference between night and day. It can make the difference between a bad situation and a very good situation. If you're willing to to get in the battle and to fight the good fight of faith that the Bible talks about, uh, you can see a great change take place pretty quick around here. But uh, after he looked the situation over and the enemy was in full swing to keep him quiet, he then talked to the people and he said, now, here's the situation God has sent me over here. Uh, the king has given me full uh, authority to do whatever I need to, but I need your help. We can't do it single-handedly. We need other people to help us. And the Bible tells us here in, in Nehemiah that the people had a mind to work. They, they were willing to do whatever they needed to do in order to have that wall built because the wall was their protection. The wall separated them between dark and light, between the evil, between the enemy, and and uh, that wall had been torn down, and they knew they needed to have it built up. So the people had a mind to do something about it. And as long as we sit around and worry about it and fret about it and, and everything, nothing's going to be done. We've, we've got to be willing to do something about it. And the other thing was, 
not only were they willing to do something about it, they they did do something about it, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment, in our closing segment. So, uh, my my name is uh, Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Now we want to give some of the things that we need to do in order to get the wall built and to do those things now. We don't have much time to wait. So we find that God brought his man over to Jerusalem. And God has people today that are talking to us that we need to listen to. But just listening to the problem is not going to solve the problem. We may think, well, I can complain about it. I can have my, uh, I can go write my congressman or whatever. Well, that's not going to take care of it. It's deeper than that. And naturally, the first thing we got to do is get right with God. Our nation needs to get down their face, just like Nehemiah did, and and begin to do some serious heart searching and realizing that God is just in what he has done, and, and it's not God's fault, it's not my neighbor's fault. It's Maybe it gets a little closer than that, maybe it's my fault. And we need to start praying like that and get our hearts right with God, and we can do that by the Spirit of the Lord talking to us and working in us and and he can help us to, to get things right the way we should. But then, uh, after we've gotten ourselves right with God and uh, have gotten into God's presence, then we have to listen to the person that God has given us that is encouraging us to get in there and do what God wants us to do. The people had had it long enough. You know, when uh, our nation was formed, we had uh, a very serious situation, much like what we have right now. And the king over in England was sending mercenaries over to kind of wipe us out. And the the Declaration of Independence was written. And really, the Declaration of Independence said, we've had enough. We've just, we've tried every way we can. We've, we've talked to the king. We've tried to be, to remind them that we're, uh, part of the nation over there. And we've, we've just done everything we can. And it just seems like things are getting worse. And so they wrote the Declaration of Independence. And you need to read that because that's one of our main documents. And so said enough is enough. And I think after 70 years, these Israelites were probably thinking the same thing, of being oppressed by the enemy like that. They probably said, this is enough. We had better days than what we have now, and we've got to get back to those. So they all had a mind to work. And not only did they have a mind to work, in a situation, I'm willing to do something, and sit down on nothing. But they didn't do that. They all got in their place. They all got along the wall, and the families and 
and business people and everyone else. It didn't make any difference who they were or what they were. The kings, you know, Jeremiah was right in the middle of the whole thing. He didn't send them out and then not do anything himself. He was right in the middle of it. And so everyone was doing their part. They all got along the wall, and they they took that as the part that they needed to rebuild. And maybe it's your family that you need to start with. Maybe you need to have a family altar. Maybe you need to to uh, organize the family the way it ought to be and realize that a family is a husband and a wife, a male and a female, and some children most of the time, and that makes a family if that family is united. But if we have one family member running one way and the other and the other way, that's not much of a family. And the best way to keep the family together is to put God first in your life, put God first in your family. And then we can go farther. We can reach out and we can get together as as a community and uh, honor God that way. We can have block family beside just the one family. We can get together in a block situation and uh, pray for one another and things like that. And then our community can get together. Our, our city can get together. Then our states. And before we know it, the whole thing will be, everything will be built up the way that it should be. But we got to take the place that we're at like these people did. They had a mind to do it. Enough was enough for them. And when are we going to get to the place when we say enough is enough? When we see our economy being ripped apart and we see our morals being thrown away and and uh, perverts saying it's their right to be that way and, and uh, wanting to throw us in jail if we don't agree with them and things like that. When is enough enough? It ought to be enough now. And so get in the place you're, you need to be in. The first place is probably your family and then your community. And uh, don't just say, let the others do it. Be on the church school board. Be on the church board. Be on the school board. Be, uh, it wouldn't hurt for some of you to be the mayors of the town and things like that. And, but get involved. That's one of the big things is just get involved. Get involved where you're at. You don't have to do someone else's work. You just do your own. And this is what they did. They lined up against the wall and they decided to do their own. So they did. And even the daughters got involved. The whole family got involved. And so they lined up like that. And, you know, in less than two months, they had that wall up. But the enemy was not keeping quiet. They, they said, look at those Jewish people over there. They're building that wall. If a fox would run across it, it would fall apart. They knew better than that. They were getting a little shook up, you know. You ever notice that the enemy will accuse you of doing what they're doing? That Have you ever noticed that? They, they'll accuse you to be a hate monger, and, and they're the hate monger. They'll accuse you of messing up the society, and they're the one messing up the society. Have you ever noticed something like that? Well, this is as old as it comes. That... 
And so they were doing that, but they were building the wall, and they wasn't paying any attention. And, and the enemy said, well, we're going to come and we're going to mesh. We're just going to destroy you people. So what did they do then? Did they run and hide? No, they didn't run and hide. They just had a, a sword in one hand and, and uh, a building instrument in the other hand. And they took shifts. They stood on, up and, and uh, part of them guarded and part of them worked. And they just kept right on with the work. And so as we get closer to completing the building of the wall and getting the wall up, there's going to be more opposition than ever. And that's the way it was with them. They, you know, and with the laws that we have today and uh, perverted lawyers and what have you and judges, uh, you can't expect that this is going to go over easy. If you, this is not for cowards. This is not for babies. You've, you've got to be strong and you've got to be strong in the Lord and you've got to have a, have a reason for doing what you're doing because it's not going to be easy at all. The enemy will try to destroy you one way or another. And you can just count on that. But get your weapon. And what is your weapon? It's not a, it's not a, a rifle or a, uh, anything like that. It's, it's the Word of God. The Word of God is more powerful than anything else. Stand on God's Word. Stand on God's promise. Stay in there and keep working. And don't give up. And eventually you're going to see the wall built. But the closer it comes to the wall being set up like it should be, the worse it's going to be. I can guarantee you that. But keep in there. And then the other thing was, after they had the wall built in less than 60 days, they, the enemy then wasn't feeling too well about that. They were dejected. And then they had their song time again. But before that... The whole bunch of the whole nation of Israel there, they got together with Ezra, which was the priest, and uh, they got with him, and they began to talk about God's word and they began to line themselves up according to God's word and what he was supposed, what he wanted of them, and. They stood right out in the middle of the rain, and nothing stopped them. They were going to worship God. And they started worshiping and praising God, and everything turned around, and and, uh, the enemy was nowhere around anymore, and everything was back like it should be again. So uh, be willing to go through the battle. Be willing to go through the storm, but not realizing that our weapons are not carnal. They're not swords and and bombs and and that kind of a thing. Our weapons is the Word of God, dedication to God, determination to do God's will, standing in there and loving even the unlovable people. Don't let yourself get uh, tied up in bitterness and and fear and and things like this. Trust in God and let Him have His way with you. Establish. Uh, in your home, a, a family altar where God is glorified and lifted up in your home. And if you'll do that, everything will work out the way it should. And I, I hope that I've said something to you that will help you today in my stumbling around today that uh, you'll be able to get something out of this that will help you to realize that we need to get with the program. We need to let God have his way. 
And if we'll do that, then everything will work out just fine. And uh, cooperate, work together. Don't uh, try to do it yourself, but work together with this. And you'll find that it will work out um, if we're willing to do it God's way naturally. We can't do it our way anymore. We've got to just humble ourselves under the Lord and let him have his way. Well, thanks for joining me today, and and uh, we'll see you next week, the, the Lord willing. And so I'm signing off this time, and I'm Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water, talkzone.com. Thank you.